This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm also a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I have a gold medal in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. I am so excited to share that my next book is coming out soon. I am a co-author in the fastest growing personal development book series in the world with Jim Lutz and Jim Britt. The really cool thing is that the foreword was written by the one and only Les Brown, and for my copies, I'm on the cover with him. If you would like a free copy when it's available, email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. Today's guest is Cece Castelli. Cece was a dishwasher at Harvard University when she first came to the United States as a first-generation immigrant. She put herself through school and changed careers while balancing being a single mom. She is currently a technology executive in the travel and hospitality industry, a real estate investor, and a transformational life and career coach. As a coach, she works with people that are hungry for success and are willing to change to reach their next level in their career while maintaining balance. She is such an inspiration, and I'm so excited to share this with you. Hello, Cece. How are you? Such a I'm great, Sandy. I'm great. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much. And I apologize again for the technical difficulties, but you know what? We're mindset coaches, so we can make that shift and go with the flow. (laughs) Absolutely. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So tell me about your backstory, because you really do have a, um, a great story. And how did you get to where you are today? Sure. Well, I have to tell you that about 30 years ago, I went to Harvard, but not as a student, but as a dishwasher. When I first was an immigrant and I spoke no English, I came originally from Venezuela um, and I came when I was a teenager uh, against my parents' will, trying to be an exchange student And then I decided to stay in the United States because I wanted to uh, do it uh, on my own. So I did. And in order to um, make it happen, I did go to school. I put myself through school, even though it was in Harvard. And I became an interpreter in American Sign Language, Spanish and English for many years. But then I really wanted to make more money. I wanted to work in technology, so I decided to 
uh, shift my mindset. I had two little kids, so I grabbed my kids, I quit my job, and I moved to California during the dot-com era, and I started all over again from scratch. And you fast forward to today, and I'm actually an executive in technology uh, for travel for a travel and hospitality um, company, and I'm also a productivity coach. Wow. I'm always so impressed by people that just come to this country, can't speak the language, and end up a huge success. It, and, you know, I'm in the D.C. metro area, and we're a huge melting pot here, right, because of the, the federal government. So we have so many people. And I find, you know, most of the people do learn the language, but there's so many others that don't. So w was that a really hard challenge for you to learn English? Because, hey, I can't, I can't fault anybody because I only speak one language. <laughs> but, but I know how difficult it can be. Well, I do have to say when I was in Venezuela, we take English as a second language. So I took English, but I failed. And I actually, I flunked. Um, even before I graduated, I needed to go make up my class because my English wasn't good. So when I came, and one thing is when you study, uh, and the other thing is when you actually are in the country, right? I think the advantage that I had is as an exchange student, I lived with an American Irish family that spoke no Spanish. So I was in a total immersed situation and that's really what allowed me to learn how a Native American person would learn and they were very patient and, and loving so here I am I learned to the point that I was able to become an interpreter and to write a book so I I was able to uh, more than just get by yeah no kidding well and and you made me think of my son who started who was I think in preschool, they started introducing Spanish. And all throughout his entire high school years, he was taught Spanish, Every, you know, for years and years and years. I mean, from a, from a three-year-old, you know, child. The thing is, is if you're not speaking it on a regular basis, you're not going to remember it. And he ended up flunking out of Spanish. I think he dropped it before he took the bad grade in high school and switched to a sign language, actually, because it was, it was just easier um, but that's the thing, you know, if you're not using it every day, and I know my stepdaughter, when she was in college, she did a program, a study abroad program for a semester. It was like a six week program and she did it in Spain and was totally immersed. And when she came home, I mean, her Spanish was very fluent. That was eight, nine years ago. And she still is like, doesn't, can't really, you know, she can't really speak it that well. So it's really, that's really just a testimony to if you really put your mind to something and, and you almost have to, you know. It, yeah, absolutely. Great. Not only put your mind to it, but as you mentioned, you got to practice it. So you got to practice it all the time. Otherwise you forget it. Yeah. Cause I always say, you know, happiness is not a destination. It's a journey. And the same with shifting your mindset. That is a journey also. And it takes practice every single day. So tell me what made you get into mindset and, and, and how did you come up with the, you know, your book Mindset Unlocked and it says do what others can't, won't or don't do for a successful and balanced career and life. So how did you get to the point where you were writing a book about this? 
Well, just like you mentioned, um, I was an immigrant. I didn't speak the language. I changed careers. I raised two phenomenal kids being a single mom. And, you know, I've lived in China uh, as a professional. And I've adapted to different cultures and different cities. So I lived in Boston, California, and Miami. It's like... Honestly, it's three different cities, but it's like three different countries. <laughs> we are so opposite, all three of them. Yes. <laughs> so I felt that if I was able to do this, I wanted to share with other people things that I did that would encourage others, that would uh, make them think like, wow, if she made it, I can make it. And what did she do that helped her? that maybe I can do and learn and not only make it and be successful, but enjoy that journey. Okay. And I think that's a lot of it was my mindset. You know, how do you become resilient? How do you tell yourself I'm a woman and I can work in technology and I can sit at the table and have my opinion. How can I do as a single mom, raise the kids and still work as a professional? So that is how I got involved and I wanted to put it out there to share with the world. Mm, love that. So what, what are the, what are the things that others can't, won't, or don't do? What are some of the things that people are not willing to do in order to take their life, their career, their, yeah, to the next level? Yeah. Okay. So that's how I came up with the, um, with that title, um, being new in the United States, I wanted to become an American and to get uh, legal, to be a, a legal immigrant. So I learned that you needed to, to look for a job and get a special type of visa. You needed to do something that an American didn't do. So I always kept looking for, okay, so what can I do that others don't do? So I was one of six people back in the early 90s that were certified in American Sign Language, Spanish, and English. So that allowed me to have uh, a competitive advantage at the time. So then as I grew in my profession, I realized, well, if I do something that others don't do, I kept growing and I, get, I kept getting promoted and I kept getting uh, opportunities thrown at me because I took risks. I took more risks than other people did. Uh, or I would be looking at opportunities on how do I get this project done when someone else failed at doing it. So I, I took that as a competitive advantage and as a way for me to grow professionally. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I want to point out that what you okay, you came to this country against your parents' wishes, you did it anyway. And that was what that did, just for the, for the listeners, because I'm like, I want to make sure that we, we, we lay this out for everybody in a way that, that makes sense and that they can relate to. You did that first step of coming here. And by doing that, you're like, wow, I did that. I did something that a lot of people would never even imagine doing or you know, and I got a job and now I'm, you know, you're, you're taking all of these steps 
And every time you keep taking steps to get to the next level, you're building that resilience like you were talking about. It's a muscle. It's like a muscle that you're, you're building and you're making it stronger and stronger and stronger. So why not write a book? Why not? You know, like it's, you've already shown yourself that you can accomplish so much. But my next question is, where does that come from inside of you? Because you're obviously a very brilliant woman. <laughs> and just because you failed English as a second language, it's okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, like I said, no, no, I can't, I can't talk because I only know one language. But where does that come from? There has to be something maybe you learned as a child, like did your parents instill this? But where does that come from, this, this drive to just keep moving forward? You know, that's a very interesting question and a question that no one has asked me. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I do come from an amazing family and loving parents and professional. My mom uh, is an attorney and my dad was a dentist. So I do come from uh, high achievers. Okay. Um, but I do know that I was different that I was very ambitious since I was at a young age so I honestly don't know uh, where it comes from it's it's always been there I've always had to drive and what is very interesting is that I see the drive in my children as well both kids they're young adults 23 and 25 and they have the same drive as I do but I'm not sure I would have to guess, since nothing pops out, being raised, you know, in most families, especially in the United States, you know, a lot of people were, were raised by a one income family, right? I know, I mean, just because of my age, that that was the thing, you know, when my mother was younger, you, you stayed home with the kids. When you have that example, like your mom was a lawyer, like that's really incredible. And so I would guess that having that strong mother, you know, it, um, in that influence in your life, right? That, well, yeah, my mom gets up and goes to work every day. So I'm going to, you know, achieve great things. And being a lawyer is not easy. I was married to one for 20 years. <laughs> and, and, and I emphasize was. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, being no, he's a, a great lawyer guy. is We're not easy. <laughs> That's so funny. Being a with a lawyer is not easy. I also yeah. had a, a, a long relationship with one. Um, so I do know that. But yeah, and my mom not only was an amazing role model as an attorney, my mom being a Hispanic, a Latina, she still run, run the house and was there when we got when when my brother and I came out of school at 1 p.m. and she cooked the lunch and had the major meal. In, in the middle of the day wow. and took us to the after school extracurricular activities and was there all the time. But yes, she did also practice. So maybe it's like you say, like to see both parents, you know, grinding and dedicated and giving us the best and their role models uh, to us. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And she also taught you how to juggle working and having children. <laughs> yes, 
Definitely. She definitely uh, taught me that. Yeah, because it's definitely not easy. So congratulations to you just for being able to do that as a single mother. I know it's, you know, I was a single mother for a, a period of time and it's not easy for sure. Yeah, it's not, not easy because many times we have the guilt trip. Do I work or do I stay home with the kids? And uh, I do know many times I thought about it and I felt terrible. And, and at times I even talked to the kids about it. Hey, you know what? If I quit and stay home more with you guys, you wouldn't enjoy this uh, quality life that you're having because I did end up, uh, working hard and climbing the corporate ladder so they enjoy the great income that I was able to to bring home so well and that's you know and I know I, I actually just wrote an article um, that was published in like a local magazine in the month of May about mom guilt and I'm a contributing writer for this local magazine and they asked me you know can you write something on mom guilt and I was like okay and I was like, yeah, I was, I was this majorly guilty mom. And it's actually a thing. I didn't realize that mom guilt is, is an actual thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, wow. You know, I, I mean, for me, you know, I have those guilt feelings and I know how to deal with it and I, I work through it and I move on, you know, it doesn't consume me, but that was what the article was about. Like, don't let it consume you because it's normal and just understand that this is a normal emotion that you're having and it's okay. And your kids are going to be okay, you know, and, and you're not going to be the perfect mom and it's okay. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the, probably the hard. And I think, you know what, I have, I have friends that are, that are stay at home moms and they still feel guilty about this yes. or that. So, it, and I know me too, when I, I was a stay at home mom for a period of time and I still put it on myself. <laughs> So how did you, was that just another learning curve that you went through? So what, what helped you to get out of that, since we're talking about it, what advice can you give to working mothers or even stay-at-home moms to help them not feel guilty? What do you, how do you get them to shift that mindset? It's totally mindset. Um, I would say, you know what? Try it a week where you go to the gym and you take an hour of the day for yourself for personal time and see how amazing quality time you're going to have with your kids that week because you feel better, you're recharged, energized, and literally happy because you have some kind of sanity uh, because you took time for yourself. And I think that's what I did. Um, I realized early in the game that when I took care of myself, my kids were happier. And it was also a way to teach the kids, hey, being healthy, being fit, going for a walk, reading, meditating, those are things that we all need. It's not like a plus half, uh, but as a mom, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, I actually think that's harder than going to work. <laughs> uh, <For sure. laughs> I, th I think that uh, they should try it out. Try a week where you block your time and your personal time for yourself and try things for you to recharge and to do different things, gratitude journaling, meditation, go to the gym, go for coffee with a girlfriend, do something. Even if you have to pay a babysitter uh, for a little bit, 
So you see life differently. And when you go back to be with the kids, you're going to have the big smile because you also enjoy life. Yeah, that's so, so important. Yeah, I know. I, I write about that in my in my, my last book about to just taking care of yourself is just so important. You know, and I, we all fall off and like, maybe it's not as consistent, but you know, you, when you, when you just even just do a little bit of self care as you can, it just, it, it, again, it's, it's building that muscle back up. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I have found uh, that has helped me not to fall off that often <laughs> is to do time blocking. Yeah. So when I actually put the things in my calendar consistently, I don't hesitate when I wake up on what I'm going to do or whether I have to work out or it's gym day or not. But I have in my calendar, even whether it is and the day that I do arms, so I just wake up and without the uncertainty and hesitation, I just go and do it. If it's on the calendar, I do it. And if it's not there, it's not part of being there. It's not part of the day. So I just move on. And that has helped me stay focused and stay consistent with, uh, with things for myself as well. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. I, and I always say, if it's not on my calendar, I don't do it. You know, So, <laughs> so that's a really great, great tool for, for those out there who, you know, need that reminder and whatnot. So DC, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with the audience before we finish up? No, um, as I mentioned, I'm a productivity coach. I help people uh, become more productive and really potentially doubling their bottom line and have that free extra time that they can dedicate quality time with their families. So I think it's, uh, you know, you can find me on my website which is cccastelli.com. It's uh, spelled C-I-C-I-C-A-S-T-E-L-L-I.com. I will also make sure that's in the show notes. And I tell you, you would have thought that you've always spoken English because you speak so well. So congratulations. Ah, congratulations on everything you're doing. And I wish you so much success. I think you're, you're an amazing person and such a great example to so many people. So thank you. Thank you so much, Stanley. Thank you for having me on your show. She is such an inspiration to so many people. And I certainly hope you thought so as well. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.